News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbert at darkoakmedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, and I want to wish all my fellow geeks out there a very, very happy Batman Day. Oh, that's right. That's right. Exactly. I, I don't know why I thought it was yesterday, Max, but to, is it exactly today? Yes, I believe so. And not only that, but like in select cities like Washington, D.C. and Tokyo, they're actually going to blare the bat signal. Oh, no. yeah. You know, I mean, Alan, this is a pretty I, major I holiday. I, I, so. I saw that on the news and just went, oh, no. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know why I always forget. I know it's in September, but, um, well, this is uh, this goes to the front of the line, obviously, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we sound a little different and if you hear some background ambiance, it's because we're here once again. Alan, this is our third time broadcasting from the uh, Cooper Young Festival. You could not have ordered better weather. It is absolutely beautiful out here. Lots of activity. We're right at the corner of Cooper and Young. Uh, I don't know, about 10 feet from that gazebo. That's yep. kind of my landmark here. So if you're uh, getting getting out here today, we hope you'll drop by the booth later. Don't talk to us while we're trying to do the show, though. It gets very confusing. <laughs> Joe gets confused. <laughs> and uh, But but stop by. We'd love to see you. And Alan's even brought the swag, right? Oh, yeah. So, of course we did. So uh, if you want to weigh in, if you want to get in touch today, and if you especially uh, want to comment on how you're celebrating Batman Day, uh, especially like Jay Hill. I wonder what he's doing for Batman. Day. Does he have a bat signal? <laughs> exactly. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Uh, today, I would normally I would normally invite you to watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams, but they're uh, they're they're back at the studio. It was a little tricky trying to hook those up today, Alan. Uh, you know. Yeah. It, well, you know, anytime you go out live, you have to be prepared for the unexpected. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we weren't ready for that. So, uh, also, you can uh, scoot on over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. I haven't posted anything yet, Alan, because I'm preserving electricity. We're having a few uh, electrical uh, dramas down here today, but I think we're good to go. I don't think we're going to be disconnected. I think we'll be good. Okay, and uh, uh, a little later in the show, I'm really excited about this, we're going to be welcoming... Uh, a couple of guests from uh, we we've told you that um, we've got uh, we're partnered up the um, Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention is partnered up with all of the Cumulus stations and some businesses are promoting their business there and on uh, Tool Talk Radio and uh, one of them is Brussels Bonsai America's largest bonsai nursery and they really are this place is gigantic so uh we've got tara miller who's the general manager and terry stamps who's the production manager they're going to drop by a little later we're going to talk bonsai alan and also they're going to be doing uh, workshops and things at the uh at the convention which is going to be a lot of fun bonsais are cool max you own one right his name is soshiro Yeah, of course. Max names every. He names his car. He names I have his... numerous. So. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, we. I also want to throw this out there. We're going to keep this out on the table. If uh, you know, in terms of listener uh, interaction, if you you know, we talked about last week. Uh, what is that item on your honeydew list that you just you just have never you you can't get to it because you just procrastinate. It seems daunting. You don't want to do it. Uh, let us know what that is. Maybe we can talk you down, or maybe give you some. Uh, you know. Uh, encouragement about uh, how it may not be as scary as you think. So, Alan, uh, 
we I, I hope we get to our must-have item of the week because we didn't get to it last week. Uh, we might carry that over. Also, in Alan's Week in Review, the outdoor libation station that you've been working on is uh, progressing uh it's progressing well, right? Oh, it's so, going fabulous. Uh, a little later, we're gonna we're resurrecting our Tool Talk Radio quick tips. Although this isn't gonna be so quick, I think we're gonna get a little mileage out of this. <laughs> Alan, um, you know, this week, oh my gosh, was the weather nice? I was out there building a deck, which is one of my mm. favorite activity. It's it's just fun. I was almost in the I was in the shade almost the whole day. The weather was perfect, and it occurred to me that um, I, I, there's some pretty cool uh, deck tips that I've learned, or I guess just deck, you know, techniques that I've learned just over the years of doing mm-hmm. them, and I want to try to pass some of those along. Okay. You know. Uh, and, of course, like we said, we'd love to hear from you on the uh, Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline. You can call or text us at 901-683-0989. Now, and it's nice to be out here again, man. Um, this is our third year. It Keith. is absolutely beautiful. Somebody, somebody, uh, Somebody made the weather uh, the weather deities very very happy for us this year. Yeah, because so. I I remember a couple years ago we were out and I mean it was raining, Cold, it was like wet. Oh, it was, electrical it was threats, everything like that. That was that was no fun. So, um, but uh, we would love for you to drop by, come say hello to us over. Uh, like I said, we're right at the corner of uh, Cooper and Young. So, um, hey Alan, let's start. Um, uh, I hope we have enough time. I don't have the clock in front of me, so that's all right. Um, I think, why don't we, you know, why don't we start at least, let's hear about your week in review. Sorry, Max, I didn't prepare you for this. So, let's, uh, what's going on with the outdoor libation station? Oh, there we humanity. Go. And if you're, if you just had your ears blown out, I should, and you're new to Tool Talk Radio, I should explain that uh, Alan... We always like to check in and see what Alan's up to because we never know. He's got a wide-ranging skill set and a wide-ranging set of duties, and uh, so it's always kind of a mixed bag. But uh, this project seems like you've been on this for quite a while, right? At uh, least well, three or four weeks. So. Well, yeah, this is one of those just one-day-a-week kind of projects. I actually had two major projects this week, but project one was indeed the libation station. And this week we went in and added some decorative trim to firm up the uh, back decoration. The back decoration fundamentally is three floor mats mounted in a you know at a decorative distance from each other across the back. So it breaks up the sun and the wind a little bit. It but looks they, better than what you're describing too. I mean, it looks cool. So. Yeah, it, you know when you say we hung some floor mats up, everything <laughs> goes up. And we're talking about the very decorative uh, fatigue mats with the really cool patterns in them. Yeah, they're mostly hollow. I which mean, are which yeah. are mostly air. They're mostly cut through. Yeah. And so when you hang them up, they make a wonderful floral pattern, and it looks really quite amazing. Uh, the problem we didn't like about it was that they weren't really firm. Well, they they're going to flop little, around, right? A little right? wiggly. Yeah. So we went back in this week, and we added uh, a couple of cross pieces and sandwiched them together and firmed up the entire back. Right. So it's just, it was, honestly, it was four little boards, but it made all the difference in the world to the stability and longevity of the project. What I like is the approach here, because I, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, taking an item, and you don't, it's not just one use. You can. I love walking into the big box store and saying, you know what, I know this is a pipe, but actually, if you turn it on its side, it's a such and such, or whatever, and this mat 
was basically a mat, and when you held it up vertically, you're like, wait a minute, this actually yeah. looks pretty cool, especially when the sun's coming through it. And oh, yeah. It looks good. As much as I hate to give you credit, Alan, I have to say – it this was a very uh, interesting multi-use. fabulous. Awesome. So, well, hey, we're, we're here at the uh, Cooper Young Festival right at the corner of Cooper and Young. We hope you'll come down and say hello, uh, but stay tuned. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I've got one single nail and another nail to nail it in with. And I'm going to stop this infernal ice cream machine once and for all. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I don't know what Max has against ice cream machines. I mean, I know you're lactose intolerant or something. <laughs> That's exactly what Max, it is. But, I mean, let's, uh, <laughs> it brings a lot of joy to most people. So I don't care. Anyway, welcome back to, <laughs> welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to, uh, well, go over to Facebook. I haven't posted anything yet, Alan, because <laughs> I'm trying to conserve my battery mm-hmm. power. And um, normally we would invite you to go to the uh, uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams. But we really can't do that today, Alan. The, the cams are back at the uh, they're back at the studio. So you know what are you going to do? But, but we can watch Max uh, put his shoes up on the desk. Yeah, I feel like yep. Max is probably really <laughs> living it up back there. But uh, anyway, we are here again at the uh, I don't know what annual Cooper Young Festival this is. I lost track of what number this is, but uh, man, you could not ask for better weather. Uh, it is, I mean, what is it? It's it's sunny. It's seventy clear, seventy something. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's really nice, and we hope that you uh, we hope that you'll drop by here and uh, check it out. Try to not talk while we're here on the on, on the, the air. It gets really confusing, <laughs> but but um, uh, you know. Alan's going to be bringing out the swag later, you know, which is always which is always fun. We got lots of Tool Talk Radio swag, and uh, apparently, um, uh, I don't know, Alan. There's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things uh, going on over here. Later in the show, we're going to have our friends from uh, Brussels Bonsai drop in. We've got Tara Miller, the general manager, and Terry Stamps. He's the production manager. Okay. Yeah, they're dropping in, and uh, I know you're a bonsai man. I am. I've okay. done bonsais for. Good Lord, I have to admit, to over 45 years. Um, really? Oh, okay. Yep. All right, so we're going to talk about that. We've uh, we've got quite a bit to get to. So, But, uh, Alan, I wanted to discuss something, and uh, this is – it's funny because sometimes, um, I don't know, the weather – boy, the weather really can dictate your mood, can it? Okay. <laughs> don't well. you think? I mean, it's uh, – uh, this week, it was just such an enjoyable week. I was doing – I'm doing a little side project. I told you that I've got this – larger job that i'm going to be starting mm-hmm. in about a, a week or two but to fill in the time i'm building a deck for somebody over in east memphis well for one thing the job's five minutes from my house which oh that's nice you can't beat that but it's basic it's pretty straightforward it's a, a wraparound deck i will post pictures uh once i get once we get some electricity over here but um it it got me thinking you know just over the years of building decks i know a lot of people uh, it's a great addition to your home you know it's a nice it's it's a it's a manageable project for most people mm-hmm. i think but um i've learned some some techniques that really have helped me a lot and one of them i wanted to discuss i i don't know if <laughs> this is trademarked or not alan i'm calling this the floating frame technique okay 
Have you ever? Uh, so let me. So folks, if you're if you're thinking of building a deck, this is this is just something. Uh, you're gonna watch probably a bunch of YouTube videos. People, this is the difference. Um, I think with what what I'm talking about is the difference between setting the posts first or setting them after the fact. Okay. Why are you saying okay so much? <laughs> I, I, I'm just waiting to see which direction you go because I just built a deck and porch yeah. for a house about three weeks ago. Okay. And uh, this one was the traditional post hole diggers. We're putting the post in. We're getting the concrete set. We're coming back in a few days. And uh, we knocked out a, a full deck complete with roof yeah. in just a few hours. Well, here's what I'm thinking. Now, you so... Okay, let me make a caveat here. I'm building this deck over uneven ground. The ground right. goes up and down. There's going to be a little bit of grading that, that's going to have to be done. And uh, it connects on – actually, it wraps around a sunroom. So it connects onto four different walls. It's okay. Maybe five, actually, now that I'm thinking of it. So the reason I like the floating – the floating, uh, and I'll explain what that is in a second, folks. So basically – what I do is you establish that for you know you attach to the house with your I'm using two by eights for my frame you you know you get it level you attach it securely to the home and then um, you start working off of those lines and as long as you keep it level it's a pretty straightforward thing yes but what I do is instead of digging the post holes first and then you know attaching my frame to it I more or less build the frame as I go. And as I'm building it, I support it with temporary supports. Okay. The reason I do that is because, as we've seen sometimes, uh, you know, designs can change or elevations yes. can change or whatever. Or you say, you know what, I don't want to put the post there. And once you, and plus, to me, it requires less math. Basically, what I do is I get the frame okay. built with a bunch of temporary supports once, and and it allows you to shift it if you have to move the if the deck isn't completely square. Because right. you know there's nothing worse than building a deck and then you start putting the deck boards down and they don't line up squarely. So this is way more forgiving. And right. I, of course, I always use screws so they're removable mm -hmm. and they're, they're mm -hmm. stronger. But uh, I, I like the floating method because the. Uh, you like I said, it's 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 more forgiving and it allows for uh, it, it it allows for like design changes or you know surprises basically. So because you may have to lift one up or you may have to scoot it over. There's you know you don't want to have to move it three right. inches after it's in a post hole. But uh, have you ever tried anything like that? Or some people like a combination approach, I suppose. Uh, of I have done. Let's say I built one last year where we use the concrete footers. Yeah. Uh, because of the nature of the ground this was going to go in, they didn't want to set the post. Right. So we ended up using the concrete post foots, mm -hmm. and we're doing four-by-fours. Right. So we went in and set all that up, and basically that gave us a free-floating frame the entire project. And it wasn't really firmed up until the end of it when we went back and put in the lag bolts. Right, right. So of... And, of course, I didn't want to put in the lag bolts at the beginning of this because of exactly what you just said. Of They weren't sure where the stairs were going to go. Right. And right. that makes a huge difference to your deck because you've got to, you know, just because you got the stairs, you know, in that perfect position, did you put enough support mm -hmm. for all of that additional weight that as those stairs are going to hit you and move stuff? Stairs, especially. Remember, we talked about that a couple oh, weeks. And, and I'm going to – so basically, because I've got a 
I've got an entire – so the, this is going to be one where it's off the back of the deck. It's about a 25-foot run, and it's going to be a step off of that. So okay. that's what I mean. Yeah, uneven terrain. I need lots of So you of got a little little yeah. staggered area there. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that before, but I've done it with the concrete footers and a temporary post. Right. And we just put the, uh, you know – Put a nice four-inch screw through it to make sure everything holds. Right. But that's not the actual weight-holding device that the final deck is going to be sitting on. And and if you have a deck where you're building over, like, you know, you might have a concrete patio that you're going over. That's when especially those concrete footers are great. Because, I mean, you really, you can adjust it on the fly and... uh, there's no reason to try to dig through that. That's silly. Just, right. well, just sit right on top, you know. Well, the the cool thing about the kind of the small floating deck we did like that was we were able to move the deck over a couple of feet, dig a hole, and actually plant, uh, do a footer. Right. And put the concrete base on it so everything was nice and level, and we didn't have, we didn't have to trust dirt to keep the deck level over the years. Right, right. Because dirt... And I know everybody looks at their yard and they think the yard never moves. Oh, who thinks that? The yard (laughs) creeps everywhere. That thing moves all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, the other thing is I was thinking about it because uh, sometimes, well, I was just thinking about how little math I had to do on this deck project, and it's mostly just because of this this um, uh, floating method, but also because. Just do it. I guess leaving flexibility in there instead of having to do all the calculations in advance. Like for example, when I'm hanging the rafters, this would be really better if we if we had a video, Alan. It's hard to say, but uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> when you set the rafter, I don't know. I I think what we'll do is maybe we'll we'll post some pictures later. Cause, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, we would love to know if you've ever uh, tackled a deck and if you've had any deck horror stories or deck successes. Because I mean, once it's done, there's something. If if it's built correctly and it's just it, it these 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 homeowners are so excited about this they just can't wait to get out they're already lining up where the barbecue grills exactly go and, and yeah. everything it's, well the big thing about adding a deck to your home is it is a relatively inexpensive way of adding a lot of <clears throat> yard appeal curb appeal of a lot of pop to your to your property right without spending. You know, HGTV money. Right, right. You know, that's uh, the best way to say it. And uh, anyway, so the other thing I was going to say real quickly is I encountered a, a homeowner that had a deck uh, that they, they said, can you help me refinish this thing? It's peeling. It's falling apart. And once again, you know my feelings about this. This deck that I'm building is not getting one bit of stain. It's not getting anything. It's... Because I let the wood be the wood. Man, I felt sorry for this other homeowner because it's a losing proposition. This thing, it, once it's once it's painted, once it's peeling. Well, when we come no back, let's it. talk about what is actually happening when you do that. Absolutely, so. because a lot is going on with that wood. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, anyway, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're here at Cooper Young. Oh, what do we got? A minute? We got one okay. minute. Yeah. Sorry, I don't have a clock in front. of I know me. This you're is you're weird. just. <laughs> 
Um, Joe is so distracted because somebody just walked by with a funnel cake. Yeah, there's so. <laughs> a lot going on here. But uh, we are here at the uh, we're at the Cooper Young Festival. We're at the corner of Cooper and Young. It's always fun watching all these artists set up and everything. And and there is some great art. I, I would have to say, in terms of an arts and crafts festival, mm-hmm. this is almost second to none. I mean, we we have some great ones here in town, but this is one of my favorites. Uh, there's the guy over there that's got the real quirky thing. He takes like recycled. Uh, refrigerator parts oh, yeah. and makes artwork out of it and things like that so it's a lot of fun come visit us uh, come say hello and uh, you know we'll check it out so but anyway uh you're listening to tool talk radio we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back tool talk radio with joe and alan okay you know what shut up news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis yeah i, I, I totally hate to admit that was me five times this week. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I know exactly what you're saying, Alan. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Uh, we also would normally, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to encourage you to watch uh, an encore episode of Tool Talk Radio on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams. If you go to the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page, just scroll back to last week or something. We don't have the cameras here because if you can hear in the background, we are here at the, uh, we're here at the, uh, I forget what annual, but we're at the Cooper Young Festival. We're right, uh, right at the corner of Cooper and Young. There's a lot of activity. The vendors are getting set up. I'd say most of them are pretty set up, but uh, people are coming and going. And uh, this is one of my favorite festivals of the year. It is. I, it is I love it out here. here. And you could not have gotten better weather. Sometimes the weather doesn't cooperate. I hate to say it, but uh, today it is absolutely perfect. So we hope that you'll come on out and join us uh, later. Once the show's over, Alan's going to pull out all of the uh, Tool Talk Radio swag. Oh, right? yeah. It's going to be good. We're also we're promoting quite a few things uh, around here, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Among those, later in the show, we've got a couple of guests. They're actually sponsors of the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. Uh, we've got uh, Tara Miller, for the general manager uh, from Brussels Bonsai over in Olive Branch, and Terry Stamps, who's the production manager. So they're going to join us later in the show. That's going to be cool, Alan. Bonsais are awesome. How apropos uh, that her name I... should be Tara. That I was given. I asked her if she changed her name because of her job, but no, I think Tara's her actual name. She just sort of fell into it. But I kind of thought that was funny myself, Max. So we also want you to be aware that today is International Batman Day, and boy, I can't wait to celebrate. Alan, is Memphis I mean, going to get the bat signal? I I think uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, unfortunately, we already yeah, are but, Gotham uh, City without all the bat signals. And you talk about architecture and great, you know, design and everything. Gotham City, what an iconic city. So, you know, and don't roll your eyes at me, Alan. But uh, if, you, if you're if you celebrating International Batman Day, we would love to hear from you. Um, at least let us know what you're thinking. Maybe you've got a, a, a bat cave. You know, I know we have man caves at the house. Maybe you've got a bat cave at your house. So right. That I would have. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, in a minute, uh, we're going to get to our must-have item of the week. Before we do that, you know who probably I would guarantee is celebrating uh, International Batman Day in a big way is our good buddy Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration. I don't know if he even knows a. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he even know his, his Batman references stop at Adam West. I think is yeah, what. Yeah. 
Yeah. So either way, though, you know why? You know what that is, though, Alan, because he is so laser focused on providing the best HVAC service in in, in the mid south. So Working let's face with him it. Last night, as a matter of fact. Yes. Yeah. We'll forgive him for that. But if you, you know, your HVAC system is really it's the heart and soul of your home. It is definitely the most the most important feature of the interior of your home i mean no question about it you need an hvac system that's running properly that's uh that's running efficiently with the latest technology including the latest in clean air technology it's not just about uh it's not just about conditioning the air it's also about uh it's also about basically making the air cleaner in your home uh, which they do with the Remy Halo system. They they work with train uh, the train dealership. They always work with the latest uh, technology, and also uh, it's a relationship that you need. You know, you have a relationship with your HVAC company uh, because you're you know this unit requires regular maintenance, not scary maintenance, more of what we would call preventative maintenance. So you want to visit with uh, Brown Refrigeration maybe once every you know once or twice a year just to make sure everything's running at peak efficiency and that's why you want a company that is rock solid that's been there forever and is always up on the latest technology so get in touch with the good people at brown refrigeration you can call them directly at 362-1881 or go to their very easy to remember website brownref.com all right max let's get to our uh, must-have item of the week um Alan, this may turn into a contretemps <laughs> because I know you and I don't see eye to eye on this next item. But uh, tell people what I would be holding up if they could see it you in the camera. You would be proudly holding up a little tub of what is called color-changing spackle. And here we go. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> folks, I'm sure you've seen this. If you go to the big box store, you know, there's joint compound spackle. I, I, you know, I still don't really know what the official word is because some people call it spackle. Some, you call it mud. That's uh, no, the, that's they are the trade. not the same thing. No, I know. That's what I mean. But it's like uh, there's I, – depending on what it is. If you send – okay, if, let's put it this way. If, you, if you're if you a sheetrock guy and you right. send the, the new employee to the store to go pick up a gallon of mud, you don't know what you might get, or a gallon of spackle, that or a joint gonna compound. That's going to be a lost child. Right. Of, all right. But we're, we are talking about the wonderful world of either sheetrocking or light-duty home repair. Right. Yeah. And spackle is in the full category of light-duty home repair. I have a small screw hole or nail hole that needs to be filled, and I will give... Uh, a color changing spackle some credit okay this is this is a really cool chemical idea that while it's wet it's pink or blue or whatever color the manufacturer usually pink yeah usually pink and you basically rub this or putty knife it into your small hole in repair yeah and when you get that in there once it once it goes in it will change colors when it's dry enough to be sanded and painted over. Yeah, it goes on pink, and uh, what I like, so I like, okay, I like it for several reasons. For one thing, it's really fun. If you take, uh, one one thing I did early on, because I like to keep our homeowners, you know, if I'm working for somebody, I like to keep them, you know, loose and having fun or whatever. So right. what I like to do is you, you patch a big area with the color-changing pink spackle, and you go now. I hope you like it. I took some artistic liberties here, and you tell, and you more or less let them think that's going to be the final color. I hope you don't mind this giant. 
pink, you know, pink spot, spot on, your on your whole wall, which usually wakes them up and they, yeah. you, know, you know, that gets in an interesting discussion. But I like it, Alan, because there are times when it has to, you know, you need it to be dry before you can prime or paint it. And yes. you may, sometimes you can't tell when it's dry. And the pink spackle, uh, I it's kind of foolproof. However, I will say this. There are times, if you're not careful, have you ever done this, where you prime something or what, of the pink spackle, and it reactivates the color, and it turns it pink underneath? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What it, why does it do that? Is that because it's uh, well, you, not you, fully? you got a moisture in it. Right. And, right. you know, the chemical process, you know, dun dun, dun here we go, we're back. And uh, which brings up a, a thing about joint compound mud and different time ratings. Right, right. Because a lot of people don't understand that these things have of different ideas. So when you go to your big box store, your hardware store, and when we say we're looking for mud, we're looking for joint compound. Right. And this is the stuff that we use to make the joints between your sheetrock panels disappear and give you a beautiful flat wall. Mm -hmm. Now, the premix mud, the thing that you see honestly pallets of is a drying compound when oxygen gets to it it begins its chemical process and it's slow right it's about 24 hours and if you put it on too thick it's probably going to crack and you know there's there's lots to it and it's really for people like me and you we're doing big repairs or we're doing installs right then you get into your timed muds and these are like you'll see a 30-minute joint compound, a 20-minute joint compound. Now, these are set up more like cement or concrete. They actually have a chemical process that begins the minute you mix it with water. Right. And let me tell you, when that 10-minute joint compound says 10 minutes, you have five. it does not mean <laughs> go take a break. Yeah. It you means get it up there, get it done, and be ready. Because it's not going to be dry, but that chemical hardening process is going to yeah. be in full force. Now, And you're going to have a box of rock in just no time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I've, I guess we're having, this is a little bit more of an expanded conversation, but you kind of triggered me on something. Uh, I, one, one, there's, there's one type of spackle, and it's not my favorite. It's what is it called? It's like it's it's super light, and they claim it is ultra quick drying and yes. ultra strong and whatever. Yes. And don't don't even waste your time on it that stuff. It is the ultra light, which is basically it's, like putting it's, light chalk in a hole. It's gar. I've never had good results with well, it. I tried it a few times. I I can't stand that stuff. It's oh. useless to me. It feels like it almost feels like. Uh, cream that you put on top of a cake or something yeah. like that it's got this chiffon kind of thing going on with it and <laughs> and just to be honest with you of i remember the old hack back in the 70s 80s and 90s yes i'm that old yeah of everybody be like well if you got a little pinhole in the wall like where you had a thumbtack just rub a little toothpaste in it <laughs> please don't do that yeah of that sounds like it could color change on you. Oh, too. Yeah. it color changes, and then it chemically reacts with the stuff on the wall. And, you know, so there's a lot of shortcuts and hacks that I'm just going to say don't do. Okay, but I want to say something provocative, Alan, and All I don't right. know if this will carry us through to the next step. But uh, 
I am convinced from my own anecdotal evidence that the color-changing spackle is actually stronger than normal spackle. I don't know why. It feels heavier to me. It feels stronger. I'm just telling you. It, I, I like it. I and and uh, I even use color changing wood filler, you know. But I I I stand behind it. I think I, it's I great. It I know you're not a big. With you. I, I don't argue. I, I can't argue the point. It, it might be just because the chemical process. You don't mess with it until you see the color change. Right. But also, I wondered if the pigment in the color stuff could make it stronger. Is there any science uh, that would back up my uh, claim, or no? I'm going to say it's more the time that you let it cure all the way because of the color. Okay. I don't know. Uh, folks, if you're out there and you've got any strong opinions about color-changing spackle, I was hoping to trigger Alan a little more than I did. He, that was, you know, but... Uh, hey, spackle's got its use when you're on a ladder and you're trying to get done fast. Okay. You know, it'll take care of that small hole. All right. Hey, you're listening to uh, Tool Talk Radio. We're here live at the uh, Cooper Young Festival. Come on down and see us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. When my new apprentice arrives, he will take care of you. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. That's good to know, Alan. I got a good feeling about that guy. Absolutely. I'm sure he's going to take he's gonna care go of everything. He's going to go far. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no question about that. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbert from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And if you're wondering what that sound was back there, uh, you know, if you're wondering what that ambiance is behind us, uh, we're broadcasting uh, once again from the uh, whatever annual Cooper Young Festival this is. I keep forgetting to look it up, but it's... Uh, mid-30s Cooper Young Festival. We're right at the corner of Cooper and Young. We're about 10 feet away from that gazebo that you would uh, that you would recognize. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It is perfect weather. I mean, everybody looks like they're in a great mood. I can't wait to uh, go check out some of these oh, vendors yeah. now. They, I mean, it is, it is really a world-class shopping experience coming here, and it's just a lot of fun. There's a great energy, and I have to be honest, I'm glad that the uh, – Music hasn't started yet because it gets a little loud uh, <laughs> when you're will, trying to broadcast. So, <laughs> but if you want to weigh in, there's quite a few, um, quite quite a few items on the table, uh, including the fact that today is International Batman Day. I'm sort of surprised that um, Agent Seven Three Two hasn't weighed in or somebody. I mean, there's got to be other Batman fans out there besides it's us. Just Alan. you, Joe. We should have just, just we should have just done Gotham City for great moments in building history again. Well, we did that uh, before. That's why Max I said and, again. Yeah. By the way, uh, I was a little distracted earlier, Alan, because we had technical issues. I didn't even tease the fact that coming up in the second hour of our show, in our great moments in building history, in honor of our friends from uh, um, uh, Brussels Bonsai, this is cool, Alan. It is the world's largest greenhouse. It's in in the U.K. It's called the Eden Project. It's in Cornwall. Cornwall. Well, that's Great Britain, right? What did I say? I just felt like being specific. Okay, whatever. It's in Cornwall, so but it's it's a uh, it's in the UK, and this place is impressive, and so we're going to talk about that. It is really 
cool. You know, it's a very interesting project. So uh, if you want to get involved in the conversation, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to uh, watch an Encore uh, episode of Tool Talk Radio on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams if you scoot on over to the uh, News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. Uh, we still encourage you to like and um, share the uh, the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page, but i got to be honest, Alan, I haven't done much posting there this morning because I'm conserving my phone battery. I, we have some electrical challenges. so Well, we, we are getting those resolved. And uh, uh, the second hour of the show, we're, we're excited to welcome our friends, uh, like we said, from Brussels, uh, Bonsai, Tara Miller, the general manager, and Terry Stamps, who's the production manager, who's going to be coming in. Um, so... Alan, I wanted, you know, both you and I are carpenters, mm-hmm. and I wanted to just make an observation and really maybe, I don't know if this is a call to action, but it's just, uh, I, how about a test, a carpenter testimonial? How's that? Okay. This week, both of us were working outside. We were. Doing carpentry. I was building a deck. You were building an outdoor libation station, and I got to tell you, I, okay, for several things, it was one of them, it, it, it was a very relaxing experience for me. No stress. I mean, I wear shorts and T-shirts to work. I mean, for one thing. True. You get exercise. You do. You get fresh air. You're using a skill that is very valuable to people. People pay you pretty well to do this work. And we are facing in this country a national carpenter shortage, and I really don't know why that is. It is. I've been a carpenter for 30 years. I I, I I go to work, and it doesn't even feel like work every day. You you know, there's days where it's hotter than others. There's days right. that are challenging. But I I really hope more people will consider getting into carpentry. It's just I love it. I, I love working with my – and it's very rewarding when you've built something with your own hands and you step back and the customers are satisfied. You've done well. And, I mean, the health benefits are there. I almost never get sick. Well, that's true. So that's true. What do you think, Al? I, we really got to get more carpenters in this world. Well, I, you know, a, a kind of a little odd side gig that I've had for years and years and years is uh, taking people to the um, the big box store. Yeah, I don't know how you keep it. It's paid a Saturday for that. afternoon gig, and right. basically, I get paid to be your answer man as. You just inherited grandma's house, right? Or you just bought your first home, or any number of things have happened, and now suddenly you're responsible for a house, right? Well, if you've never done this stuff before, well, it's like uh, the spray paint aisle, or you walk down the sealant aisle. Yeah, there are honestly hundreds of choices for a hundred different uses. So it's very confusing to a person that's never done this before to pick what what am I supposed to be using? And uh, you know, one of my favorite ones was an aerobics instructor that never mowed a yard before. What does this have to do with carpentry though? But well, it does <laughs> because when you take somebody down there okay. and you show them, yeah. okay, let me let me explain what a plunge router does. Okay. Let me show you how the circle saws work. Right. You're not you're not just showing off that you know how to do something. You are honestly totally empowering somebody to take control of their home, their yard, their life. Yeah. Um, it is massive. I love walking over and saying, all right, 
you want to put in, uh, well, I, I've got a client coming up in about two weeks where we're going to build a lean-to shed. Uh-huh. And she wants to do it. Right. So I'm going to draw it out for her. I'm going to give her a list of the stuff to go buy. But she and I are going to build this thing together. Right. So all of those skills, the shopping at a big box, knowing what the stuff is, and I'm going to say the bravery to to grab hold of a circle saw and put it to use. You know, okay. It's, it's empowering. I, I like the word empowering that you're using because that is another thing. And, 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 okay, I think I see in a roundabout way what you're getting at. Because, you know, when you're doing carpentry, you're not just doing – it's not like the carpenter only does woodworking. Right. You're doing several things. You're probably working with concrete. You're probably working with sheetrock. Like yes. We, uh, all sorts of uh, – what is the word? Ancillary skills come out of that. You learn quite a few things, and it does boost your confidence. There is oh, something yes. to be said for that because sometimes, uh, you know, it, a project like that can be daunting for someone. So I will say in terms of building self-confidence, in terms of the health benefits, there's a lot. There's just a lot of great reasons. And personally, I, I know, you know, not everybody, we're all cut from different cloths, but um, basically, uh I would hate to have to wear a suit to work every day. I enjoy the fact that I wear basically T-shirts and, uh, you know, comfortable clothes while I'm working. Well, it is. And the carpentry skills are are very freeing because now you look at minor projects around the home and they're not so daunting anymore. Or at least you're at least you're an informed consumer. Right. If you don't want to do it yourself, at least you know what needs to be done, and you can effectively describe the work you actually want. Yeah, but uh, it just occurred to me this week. This week really it resonated with me because I I was doing this uh this deck. Really, I barely gave it any thought. I mean, I'm just doing it almost out of instinct. It's it, I'm sitting there listening to podcasts, and oh, yeah. music. I'm getting fresh air. I'm enjoying it, and then it occurred. You know, you step back and it's like, wait, I just built a deck yeah, right here, and it's like, it's very satisfying. I well, enjoy it a lot, man. So. Well, this this client's been freaking out over needing this little shed for a couple of years, right? And of course, she's describing to me what she wants, and in my head, I'm going. Okay, that's that's one trip with the truck. Yeah, you know, let's get, we we can go. We can knock this out in about four hours. Yeah, and she's just like, uh, I have no idea even where to start. And I'm like, don't worry, it is a lot easier than you think it is. It is. It's it's the initial getting started thing. I think that's always the. I think that's always the. Uh, the whole thing is um, getting started and really just taking that leap of faith. Because uh, the first, you know, when you when you nail that or when you attach that first beam to your house to uh, saying, okay, well, we're doing it. This is the game on. It's, it's kind of having the audacity to do it. Right. It just sometimes it's like, well, I want a fire pit. Right. Okay. Well, what does that got to do with being a carpenter? Well, it's all the laying out, measuring and figuring out where can I put this, is it going to be in the way? Right. Is it going to be a great feature that I want to keep? Yeah. Uh, the other thing is all the resources. When back in back in our day, Alan, when we were learning carpentry and the trades, you didn't have a cell, you didn't have a smartphone that would you know calculate all your materials for you. You didn't have uh, YouTube available where you could just say, you know what, oh, wow. I need to go check. How often do we use, you know, YouTube and everything? So it's just, we got so many resources. There's no reason not to get involved. So, And it's, 
once again, I'm going to go back to a word I've used, I've overused this segment, and that is empowered. Absolutely. When you are no longer intimidated by the project, right? It takes on a different scope. And again, whether or not you want to do it yourself, now you're informed. And you'll also walk taller, and you'll stay healthy. All right, hey, uh, hour one is in the can, Alan. I don't know where it went, but uh, hour two is coming up. We're broadcasting live from uh, the Cooper Young Festival, and when we come back, we're going to visit with our friends from uh, Brussels Bonsai. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth with DarkOakMedia.com, and our pal Max back at the studio, no doubt, with a donut in his hand and kicking his feet up, I'm sure. I, I bet he ain't eating a donut. No, he's not eating a donut. <laughs> a gluten-free, maybe. A banana. Yeah. Got a banana. Enjoying the solitude. <laughs> uh, yes, we're here once again at the Cooper Young Festival uh, in this glorious day it is beautiful it is, I it mean, is you could not have asked for better weather we're right at the corner of cooper and young about 10 feet away from the gazebo and once the show's over we hope you'll drop by the booth and say hello and pick up some tool talk radio swag and some news talk 98.9 the roar swag i'm really digging this uh bottle opener slash flashlight alan it's one of the and cool. slash keychain it's one of those kind of things uh it's everybody's gonna snatch these up i'm telling oh, you yeah. it's super practical and it's a lot of fun if you want to get in touch with us, this is a great time to do it, especially if you've got questions about plants, because we're about to dig deep mm. into that. Oh, Alan. yeah. Uh-huh. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we also invite you to watch Encore sh- uh, episodes of Tool Talk Radio on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams at the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. And also to visit the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Like and share the page and uh, check out the action over there. So, hey, Alan, it's time to welcome our guests. We've got Tara Miller, uh, who is the general manager of Brussels Bonsai, and Terry Stamps, you're the production manager. And, hey, welcome to uh, Tool Talk Radio. We threw you right into the fire, <laughs> a live remote. Thank Good you morning. For Thanks us. for having us. You all are great. So, uh Tara, I want to say, for one thing, it's it's funny to me that your name's Tara and you work with... Uh, <laughs> I, I get that a lot. Do you? I do. You didn't change your name for your not. career? Okay. I did not. It has always been Tara. Well, Tara, you approached the, uh, you know, like I said, this year, the uh, Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, we're partnered up with all the Cumulus stations out here. We're offering unique sponsorship opportunities to sponsor, or, you know, to promote your business at the convention, and you, you thought... You know what? We're going to promote our bonsai business at the uh, convention. We're excited to have you, but uh, you know, we're this we're is excited be to do it. It's the first that we've done, so we're excited to be out of outside of the nursery, show people what we have going on and what's and what we have to offer to the city. Well, and you brought some plants with you today, and Alan, you uh, the only my only beef with you, sir, is you you're a customer of theirs. You mm-hmm. you've been doing bonsais even before the Karate Kid, but oh, yeah. you totally undersold their their space. <laughs> I mean, Tara, this place is unbelievable. It's, what, 10 acres? Yeah, so we have quite a few acreage of of land to do so. We're 28 greenhouses end-to-end of bonsai. We have two different categories, indoor and outdoor bonsai. And then we have a display house where you see some world-class, top-of-the-line bonsai that you will never see anywhere else. Do we... 
I, do we need to explain what a bonsai tree is? I mean, I, I you never know. Not well, everybody, let, let's everybody let's not product. assume. <laughs> and um, uh, the art of bonsai is basically bringing the eternal world of nature inside. Hey, Max it's wants kind to, of the idea. Max and, and I know we're going to unleash the Max on him in just un- a second. You okay. unleash the Max because um, uh, the Japanese word for bonsai actually translates to tray planting. Tray yes. Plant, yeah. Uh, we forgot to tell you, Max is fluent in Japanese. So this, And he owns a bonsai named Soshiro. What is it? Soshiro. It means the white monk. Yeah, oh, Soshiro wow. the white monk. Yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, basically picture, if you will, of taking... It's basically the idea of taking uh, a tree or shrub or something in that line and cultivating it and designing it and shaping it to produce a certain landscape effect. How'd I do? Okay. Tara's nodding her head going, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, got this, yeah. Bonsai is the art of uh, taking a, a tree from the nature and bringing it home, basically. You're mm-hmm. trying to bring nature to home. You want to be able to sit there and... And enjoy the trees that you've made that are similar to the ones that you might see in the mountain or see in the desert, many other places. There's now, a lot of pruning involved, too, though. Well, I mean, you're shaping the tree, right? To, to you are. Custom. You are. Naturally, most trees either want to grow into a bush, just mm-hmm. branches everywhere, or straight up like these oak trees. So everything we do is uh, we're, we're making the contrived movements. We're using uh, things like bonsai wire, which is... Uh, used to force the branches to go in a position that we want them to be in, not what they're trying to do. Right. Um, but in, in sense, you're trying to mimic nature while you're doing that. All right, let's start with the tray, because that is actually the secret to this. This isn't you went out in the backyard and found a bush and dug it up and stuck it in a pot. Right. That is not what happens. You're right, that's, that's not a finished bonsai. That's one that's on its way, but uh, truly so, it's really not going to be a bonsai until it's entered a, a bonsai pot or or a container that is is made to mimic nature in some way. Uh, there's lots of rocks that are used or ceramic containers that are designed to look like rocks. Um, so, you know, the, the pot of it can be a little bit different, but it, it does need to be uh, contemporary together. Hey, um, Tara, when I went in there to visit, uh, like I said, Alan didn't prepare me for the experience at all. This was... I want to say, okay, so we, you know, roughly, I don't know, 10 acres of property, but I would say four or five acres literally is is enclosed space with all these bonsai. So you ship, this is the country's biggest bonsai. Yes, and we are the world largest. Okay, that's cool. So, I mean, but but uh, I asked you about it. I said, well, shipping a plant, that sounds pretty, it's delicate, right? Uh, it is delicate. We have um, formulated a I guess a process that will allow the ship to, um, that the tree to arrive safely, yeah, and that um, it would arrive with less damage. We we put a lot of thought process in how we actually package these. They're individually picked out for the customer, so it's not a machine doing all of this. We do this hands on. I'm curious, what country is there a country that orders more bonsai than any others, or are there surprising countries that order? Oh, so we we ship only in the the continental U.S. Uh, oh, okay. Sh- gotcha. Shipping out of here, there's there's a lot of agricultural, you know, issues you got to get across. Uh, even in state, uh, like in the United States, you know, we have trouble with uh, shipping junipers like this to California. That's a no go. Um, there's right. there's lots of rules for other states, especially big agricultural states. Mm-hmm. Um, we work a lot with uh, the Mississippi. Uh, Department of Agriculture, making sure that we're in check with everything we need to be doing. 
because um, again, we're we're a big nursery, so I'm faced with all the problems as a, a normal nursery would face when it comes to pest management and and things like that. Yeah, are there bonsai addicts? Do people just? Oh yeah, oh, yeah bon- I, I could see how addicting this could become. Yeah, uh, it looks fun. We, I just me and Brussels just returned from the the eighth national bonsai uh, exhibition in Rochester, New York. And uh, it was my first time making it, and I was I was blown away. And I've been doing this for almost yeah. 20 years now, you know, half my life. And uh, I was blown away by the trees that they had there. There's a lot of bonsai enthusiasts. Hey, before we go to break, uh, Tara, how do people visit uh, Brussels Bonsai? So you can actually visit our location at 8125 Center Hill Road, Monday through Friday, 8 to 4. Or you can visit us online at brusselsbonsai.com. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited, and we're excited that you're going to be doing actual workshops at the convention, and you've got some uh, events that we're going to uh, mention when we come back. Because you're 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 work, you're going to be all around town, aren't you? So, That's correct. Um, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. We're super excited about being uh, partnered up with you, and these bonsais are cool. I think I need to get a few of these. Alan. These. Are cool. <laughs> I've seen your gardening ability. We'll talk. <laughs> Got to start proof? somewhere. Are these something, you, you know, if you're not, if you don't have a green thumb, you can still. Yes, start small. Definitely. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that sounds cool. So um, I think I hear the music, Alan. I you do. Tell. All right. We're going to take a quick break. It's weird. It's live radio, baby. Mm-hmm. We're here at uh, Cooper Young Festival. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break. Oh, great. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. You have no skills and you're a loser! <laughs> News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Yeah, one of Alan's motivational techniques. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can't retain carpenters. I treat them nice. Alan. Oh, okay. well, I treat them better than that. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from Dark Oak Media and our pal Max back at the studio because, um, you know, if you can hear, we are uh, broadcasting live once mm-hmm. again from the uh, Cooper Young Festival. We're at the corner of Cooper and Young. Drop by and say hello. Just wait an hour to do it because we're trying to trying to work <laughs> here. So, uh, Also, uh, go watch uh, Encore episodes of the – oh, wait, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to go watch Encore episodes of the of Tool Talk Radio at the Royal Retreat Studio Cams at the News Talk 98.9 The Roar Facebook page. Also, drop by the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page, like and share the page, and check out all the action over there. Well, if you're just tuning in, we're visiting here with our friends um, Terry, Tara Miller and Terry Stamps from uh, Brussels Bonsai. And uh, the, we have a very good reason because we're going to be partnered up with you at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention coming up November uh, 10th through 12th. You can actually get your tickets now at memphiscfc.com. But uh, bonsais are cool, and we're learning a little bit about what they actually are. You know, the, the I guess we're going to learn a few techniques. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get to that, you're really trying to reach out to the community a lot more. You've got a lot of community events that you're doing, including ours. So uh, for people that want to see you in person, you know, if, if they want to uh, meet you, 
give us a list kind of of where you're going to be. So on Tuesday, we'll be at the South Haven Public Library for their garden club um, to do a workshop there. And that's at 10 a.m. Again, okay. at South Haven Public Library. And then on Saturday, we have our autumn open house. Um, we're only open two Saturdays a year, so that's the second one of the year. So we are Whoa. open, like I said, to the public from 8 to 4. We'll have um, everything is on sale at the nursery, 20% off, um, regardless of what part of the really? uh, of the process that you're needing. We do have some workshops during, um, during this time. We have a repotting for indoor and outdoor plants. And we also have some wiring for indoor and outdoor trees. And then during that same time, we have some, a lot of extra discounted items that we're going to be giving as, um, that's going to be on display as well that you can get something to really start with for a beginner that doesn't have to be too expensive, that they can start off there. We also will have a raffle for different bonsai, and we're actually giving away a small juniper for anyone who wants to start. There's a very start, um, starting process for them, and we're going to have a workshop to continue to help them along the process. It's it's cool. I mean, and so it, are are the plants that you specialize in all for the interior of your home, or do you have things that, for the outside? As no. Well? Um, so so bonsai, you have uh, two categories: indoor and outdoor trees. Indoor trees are going to be trees that come from tropical areas that cannot take the cold. They love to be outdoors. They just can't handle the winter. Whereas our outdoor trees, they got to remain outside year round. Um, they, some may need more protection in the wintertime, like in a garage or something down here, but uh, they stay out in the cold year-round to go through the whole process. It, it's, it's really interesting. So, I mean, but And then also, there's a lot of different price points, isn't there? Oh, yes. I yes. mean, there's probably bonsai um, for every... That, every we, we try to, uh, to be the place where anyone that's into bonsai can get a trip from us from the the very beginning to the the guy that has the million dollar collection can come find something from us as well we try to offer the full spectrum of everything would you say it's true that this is kind of an art form because i mean oh yes it's it's a it's a dangerous art form (laughs) you get get into it and it's like other hobbies that can be very expensive and (laughs) and you're you can lose the whole thing in a blink of an eye really wrong or something the wrong cut well Well, it is both a delicate and wonderful art form. However, with the right bonsai, like a juniper, this is a great entry point for a person that perhaps doesn't know anything about them. Yes. Because, like, the junipers are good, sturdy. uh, They can handle some abuse. Mm -hmm. And if you forgot to water them today, you can get it tomorrow kind of thing. So there are some bonsais that are truly for the professional. And there are others like the juniper, which is what I'm going to suggest for Joe to to start off with because he's never had one before. And they are truly beautiful. Um, And the the thing that will really get people going is when they figure out that, you know, that new little apple tree you just bought at the big box store can be bonsai and controlled and you can create a really cool looking tree in the front yard that is very true yeah he's not he knows what i'm talking about there you get in with the limb bracing and separators and uh you can once you've done it there's no stopping you you every time you look at one you're going oh oh i want to you know i, yeah, I can do or this. you travel the city and everywhere you're looking you're looking at the bushes that are planted yeah. and the stuff that's in people's uh you know flower beds wow, right look at that tree and you notice different things. Once you get into bonsai, you really start noticing 
a lot about nature. Hey, Tara, you um, something Terry said made me made me think of something. Um, is it because I'm looking at the plants here and everything? You said that uh, one wrong snip could actually kill. Is this? I'm feeling like it kind of reminds me of like the human body with like some artery. If you cut your arm, you know, big deal. If you cut the wrong artery. That's right. devastating. Is it the same with a... So when it, when it comes to bonsai, because they're considered indoor and outdoor trees, there's a certain part of the year in which you should be doing this cutting and trimming. It's not something that uh, you have to do constantly. Right. You have to be conscious of the growing season and when they're coming out of a dormancy in order to know when to cut. So it's not something that you would do, like I said, every month, every day along the way. Um, I, before coming to the nursery, I had no plants at all. No plants, no trees or anything in my yard or in my home until I started working at the nursery. And it didn't. It doesn't take long to get hooked. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I think I'm like 12 trees in already uh, just yeah. for the indoor. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm the one that's I'm, most of mine are inside because I'm in the house most of the time. I'm, I like to see what's going on. I'm, I'm there, more that kind of person. Is there any scent? Do, are there any scented trees that you sell? That you sell? Um, yeah, I don't we, smell anything with the with the, uh, the gardenia. We sell gardenias, and they are very fragrant. Um, we have uh, some little orange trees that have a really nice citrus mm -hmm. smell. Um, several of the trees, the foliage just it, itself smells. Uh, juniper is not one of the the favorites of most people. A lot of people uh, <laughs> it, don't like the smell of junipers, but so that's an outdoor very deal. woodsy. But pine pine tree has a really good smell. I was just working on pine trees all day yesterday, and like. I, I really love the smell of a pine tree. I mean, there's something about that. If you get the right fragrance mm. in the house, that's, I mean, I don't know. It, everything about it looks very relaing. <laughs> now, one of my favorite evergreens is to bonsai up uh, rosemaries. Yeah, mm. yeah, we used to and do rosemary. And those are very fragrant. I love rosemary. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we did rosemary for a long time. They're just a hard plant to keep at the nursery because uh, they're, they're very fungus prone. Okay. And so yeah. we, we do overhead watering because um, we're so large. Uh, everything's watered automatically. So it makes it uh, a little more difficult for some plants. So when people come in, really, they need to, you need to kind of maybe educate some people because you might. And you, do you kind of get like a I don't know like a consultation? Like tell us about the space that's going in so you can help make the right choice or. Uh, well, we 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 give everyone that uh, purchases a tree just a, a basic proper care. Uh, for that that type of uh, either indoor or outdoor tree um and you know and if you walk in we we kind of talk to you and say well hey where you know where are you keeping this at or where do you have to keep it at because sometimes you want to put a tree where it's not going to make it right. you know the the amount of customers that we get that even though the text is outdoor they're just not realizing that means it has to stay outdoors you know <laughs> um so we, we try to educate people along the way um, it's it's cool. It's very it's very what is it Zen when you go in there. Yes, mm -hmm. it's great. It's just I could see people probably hanging we, out there half the day. We, we have people in and that walk in all the time and go. I never knew that you could even walk into this place. And right. I've, I've been driving past here for twenty years, mm -hmm. going to work. You know, right. and uh, and you do have some people that do visit and end up just sitting down in in the inside <laughs> once they walk. They'll do it a couple times. They'll take it a little bit at a right. take in a, a moment at a time. 
It's neat. It's a, it, it is. It's a combination of just nature and art. So oh, yes. And I'm excited about what you all be doing. So what are you going to be doing at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention? Because you'll be set up in a booth, and then you're going to do Yeah, so we're going to actually sell some of the um, some of our bonsai there um, so we can get people, again, um, excited and educated about bonsai and where we are since we're so um, centrally located to um, right outside of Memphis. And we'll also be doing a workshop, Terry and maybe Chris, um, our other production manager, our assistant uh, production manager, will be there to do a workshop and answer some Q&A. Yeah, it's cool. So uh, make sure you get to the uh, Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. It's going to be November 10th through 12th at the uh, University of Memphis Holiday Inn. It's a bigger venue than we have. We're, we're excited. We're <clears throat> getting back to our you know, larger size venue. We also have some great celebrity guests. We have a lot going on. You guys are going to be geeking out all weekend. <laughs> and we're, we're excited about the workshops, too, because I feel like there's a good crossover, Alan. I think geeks are going to dig bonsai. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, this is a marriage made in heaven, <laughs> trust me. So uh, A lot of people, you know, uh, the bonsai idea is also great for people that live in apartments. Mm-hmm. You want some nature, but you don't want, you know. A you, yard. You, 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 you don't have a yard, you yeah. know, right. you know. Uh, the window box isn't going to quite get it. This is truly an amazing thing. And if you actually get into the art of making the bonsai, that's that's where you really get into your full zen yeah. of shaping, training, and growing and seeing what you can. Yep, it's a very calming hobby. It Absolutely. is. Hey, well, once again, tell people how to visit uh, Russell's so, again, you can visit at the actual location at 8125 Center Hill Road in Olive Branch from 8 to 4, Monday through Friday. Or you can visit us online at BrusselsBonsai.com. I would say, too, don't go there if you're in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Right? I mean, you're going to want to explore. Anyway, hey, uh, we're, you're, we're here at the Cooper Young Festival. It's great having you all here with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, too, it is time to get to our great moments in building history, talking about the Eaton Project. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. <laughs> News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Oh, yeah, I've that's why with you, him. you always got to anchor your ladders out there, folks. Oh, sure. yeah. And welcome, ba- <laughs> welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max back at the studio. Uh, and I say that because we, if you're just tuning in, we're broadcasting live once again from the uh, Cooper Young Festival. What a great day. It's a, it's a, you could not have ordered better weather. And it's National Batman Day. Well, I was going to get to that, Matt. Okay, boy, Max just loves to interrupt. Mm-hmm. So, okay. And as Max indicated, it is International Batman Day, which is one of my favorite days of the year, Alan. I mean, I can't wait to celebrate. I'll probably, uh, I will say, my all time favorite Batman movie is Matt Reeves. Yeah. The, the yeah, Batman. Yeah, 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 I, that yeah. Great, great, awesome movie. Don't watch it with your kids. It's kind yeah, of violent. my all time favorites when the movie's over, but it's all right. <laughs> Whatever, Alan. So. Anyway, if you want to weigh in on any of this, uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Uh, we also invite you to watch Encore episodes of Tool Talk Radio on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams because uh, we don't have them turned on today, Alan. Uh, you know, that's a little too much of a technical challenge. Trying to break. We're, we're lucky we got electricity. Uh, and, and we are happy we do. When you're at a festival, it's survival mode, So, uh, which is why I've been a little disjointed today, I have to say. 
volumes change, things, you know, whatever. But uh, we're making it happen, and it's live radio. So uh, also you can scoot on over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and give us a like and check out the action over there. And uh, um, uh, we were visiting uh, earlier with our friends Tara Miller and Terry Stamps from Brussels Bonsai, who are sponsors of the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention and uh, great people. That is a very impressive operation you all have over there. So we're going to be uh, we'll be talking about that a little later in the show as well. But um, we're uh, in a minute. We're going to get to our great moments in building history, and it's it's a, a location we chose in your honor, Tara. It's all about plant. It's the world's biggest greenhouse. It's called the Eden Project, and it's over in Great Britain. But before we get to that, um, you know who I'm very curious how he's celebrating International Batman Day is our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. Talk about a guy that would be totally clueless. He has no, you know. But he has the best chance of knowing what it like to hang on a rafter. Yeah, he probably would. But our friend Jay Hill, he's a great, great, great guy, very dynamic personality, runs a great operation, but he has no geek blood in him at all. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he, he wouldn't know Batman from uh, the Green Lantern. I mean, he wouldn't know. <laughs> but anyway, if you, but, you know, if you don't want to talk geek and you want to talk roofs and the mm, exterior protection yes. of the, your home, there's nobody better to call. That is Jay's specialty. He is uh, all about uh, roofing gutters, siding, uh, windows, basically from top to bottom, the exterior protection of your home. But we really lean heavily, especially after these storms. You know, we think, oh, the storms are old news. They happened, what, a month ago. Well, not mm, for Jay. Not for him. There's th- he's still, he's still um, helping people get their roofs back in order, getting them replaced. And uh, what's great about Big M Roofing and Remodeling is they are five stars with the Better Business Bureau. Jay is a GAF Master Elite installer, and he works exclusively with uh, GAF because they are the ultimate in cutting-edge technology when it comes to your roof, uh, so much so that they're, they offer roofing systems, and these systems are guaranteed for life, which I yes. still don't really understand. You could buy a home, you know, uh, if you get, it, you get your roof installed, you sell the home, that is a transferable warranty. That You talk about a big selling feature to your, uh, you know, for your home, and also it it can uh, it helps lower your utility bills. It you and I indeed. have a big M roof on our homes, and I know my utility bills have gone down. Uh, it, it can even save you money on your homeowner's insurance. Having a great roof offers the peace of mind that you cannot um, you cannot uh, put a price on. So anyway, Jay Hill, uh, absolute master at his work, and also uh, just a fun guy. Unless you want to talk superheroes, then it's useless. So, but Jay encourages you to get in touch with him directly. You can call him at 901-484-5645 or go to his uh, website, BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. All right, Max, let's hit it, man. And now, uh, great moments in building history. All right, well, Tara and Terry... Um, I don't know how much you research it. I probably just threw, you know, I threw him in the deep end on this. But uh, in honor, uh, in honor of your appearance today on Tool Talk Radio, we thought for our great moments in building history, I googled what is the world's biggest greenhouse mm-hmm. because I didn't know. Maybe you knew, Alan, but uh, I did. I discovered it. It is called the Eden Project. It was built. I want to say I think it was completed in 2003. I think they broke down 2001. Anyway, uh, completed May of 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. Yep. It's in Cornwall in Great Britain, which I don't know where Cornwall is, Alan. I'm sorry. But it is. It's the, on that island. It is. It's not just a greenhouse. Basically, what they did was there is a quarry um, that they that they 
it's kind of a big, ugly, empty quarry. They had basically mined just about the rest of it. They were, as they put it, they were skimming, they were scraping the bottom of the bowl. They had basically yes. exhausted this this uh, this quarry, but there was still some excavation going on. But this uh, this group thought this would be a really instead of a big quarry, let's uh, a big empty space. Why don't we put like a uh, basically a tribute to nature and and uh, really the world's largest greenhouse and there's also all sorts of uh i've got the map here printed out alan it is a big it, it's got the, it's got a zip line but it's also got every kind i want to say uh a million different plants there yes some of it's indoors some of it's outdoors but it's really an interesting project and from a construction point of view as well so here was their challenge as they're thinking about it okay well you have to have a greenhouse Yes. Yeah, some plants can handle the inside, some can't. Well, as you're trying to, for one thing, uh, they talked about, the architect said, well, when, when you're building a greenhouse, we like a nice, flat, stable surface. Well, this was as unflat as you could get. This was on basically a hill. If you can imagine a carved out, almost bowl-shaped. Well, uh, yeah, it was a clay mine. And they, they basically hollowed this thing out. And right. uh, uh, So, you know, the, the advantage was... This, this area had nothing in it at all. So, you know, the advantage was it had been run over by machinery. And see, they really didn't even have to get rid of weeds. There was nothing. It was really there. basically, yeah. <laughs> from a dirt point of view, it was scorched earth. And of a dear gentleman of a long time back uh, named Buckminster Fuller came with an idea of called <laughs> that's a, a buckyball. It okay. is. Uh, the buckyball was a mathematical theory that, with the proper points, you could equally distribute stress. Well, I, I, exactly. and that is where you're going to get how these greenhouses were constructed. The, what's interesting is because I was really interested in the architecture of this because, yes. for one thing, you had an architectural firm. They're trying to draw plans as. Uh, Okay, one second, Max. As the landscape is continue, so you know it's a you you get your renderings. Here's the uh, right. elevations. Here's this. Well, three weeks later, it's different because those bulldozers just excavated yes. that hole. So you've got a shifting uh, a shifting terrain. So go ahead, Max. Oh, I was just going to say with regards to architecture, the thing that intrigued me too is the fact that it was utilizing elements of nature. For example, like the Fibonacci sequence in sunflowers, they utilize that in the construction of one of their core buildings. Oh yeah, yeah. Everything in there is—it's uh, it, supposed to mimic nature, like the greenhouses. Basically, where they get, what they got their idea for the greenhouses is kind of along the lines of what Alan was saying. Um, soap bubbles. They observe exactly. that. Okay, let's suppose you have a big soap bubble in your hand, and um, you move your fingers or whatever. Well, the soap bubbles keeps its shape. It, yes, it, it does. It shifts. So the idea uh, came along. They said, let's make the structures of these greenhouses bu a bubble shape so that even if the um, even if the uh, excavation continues we just adjust for that and they, yes. they use these hexagon panels now Alan this is where I need some help because in the research I did so these are glass panels because they have to get um, they have to get sunlight but they're not glass they said this is a, a it's a hot it's hollow it's a flexible material that is one percent the weight of glass. You can lift up a twenty-foot panel by hand yourself. Yes. And what's that all about? Because I mean, these well, are ultra, ultra lightweight, and well, they're meant to be replaced. They're going to wear out over time. So yes. You, 
It's meant for maintenance. Uh, so, so, well, what is bas- this stuff? Yeah, well, basically, let's take the idea of the geodesic dome, mm-hmm. which is what these are, and you have these gargantuan panels. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, think about the scene in one of the Jurassic Park movies where the helicopter falls into the pterodactyl aviary. <laughs> uh, the, the, the aviary there that holds the dinosaurs in it, that is a geodesic dome. That's right. a good picture as you get an idea of it. And because of the way these put together, they're very modular. They're very adjustable. So basically, because the forces are spread out, you're limited by weight. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Because they said the weight of the dome is actually equal to the weight of the air inside of it, which made no sense. Yes. I'm like, so air weighs something? Well, yes, it does. Because basically (laughs) what we're looking at here. Is what a substance that is nicknamed solidified smoke. Okay, it is. You got to explain that one. It is basically spider web technology taken to glass. Uh, But it's not glass. It's but it's more air than substance. But it has just enough substance to have a to have rigidity. Okay, gotcha. So we're we're looking at serious. Uh, take fiberglass technology and make it nano. It's like cheap ice cream. Uh, it's like what? Cheap ice cream, just full of air. It, ex- well, exactly. And it is as, as full of air as it can get and still have strength. Yeah. So, hey, Terry, if you were involved in that, because you're the, you're um, for Brussels Bonsai, you are a production manager, which means you, more or less your job is to keep keep things working right you're Correct. like we said you're the scott if this was the starship enterprise you're scotty right okay so what sort of challenges do you see with a setup like i mean like we said a million plants some of them they're basically they've created a indoor rainforest you're so. right it you know that's the largest indoor rainforest on earth um and, and i'm sure that they would have all the same issues uh as a regular nursery uh you know insects sense plants and they make it to it. It don't matter how far away they are. They can come in on people. So I'm, I'm sure there's always some kind of pest it issue, it's pest pressure. To, yeah, let's discuss that. So Because yep. it's not all sunshine and daisies over the oh, no. project. they got a lot of challenges. And we're going to discuss that when we come back here on Tool Talk Radio. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. We have radon coming from below. We have asbestos in the ceilings. These are silent killers. You are the silent killer. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I mean, I can't disagree. The guy's got a negative attitude. He, just, he brings everybody down. Uh, and welcome, well-spoken, Michael Scott. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Woodturning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to go to the uh, go to the Newstalk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page. I think Ditch has posted some pictures of what we're doing here. We don't have the Royal Retreat Studio Cams activated, but, you know, that's uh, still images of what it looks like. Mm. We're here at the uh, Cooper Young Festival. We're right at the corner of Cooper and Young. We're hanging out with our friends uh, Tara Miller and Terry Stamps from uh, Brussels Bonsai. We were talking a little bonsai earlier. It's kind of fun. Absolutely. And in their honor, in our uh, great moments in building history, we've been talking about 
Uh, the Eden Project, which is in Cornwall, Great Britain. What is it? Is it Cornwall, England, or Great yeah, it's, Britain? It's, I always... it's Cornwall. Uh, we go with Great Britain. Okay. Basically, uh, they converted an empty quarry into really – It is they, they call it the world's largest greenhouse, but – as we're talking about, it's more, it's, it's, well, it's, it, it's three greenhouses, two of the main ones, but also they have indoor and outdoor plants. They have a right. million plants. And Terry, before the break, we were talking about some of the challenges involved. And uh, earlier in the show, you were talking about um, uh, Brussels Bonsai, where, where, okay, you ship everywhere in the United States, but then you talked about there's some states you can't ship to because you can't be mixing plants together the the it, it, it doesn't you know, cooperate a, a lot of times it's either like plant pathogens or insect uh that they can't cross lines or you know uh this this like this area of the country we're in a fire ant uh right like so we have to have a special license to ship out of here because we might have fire ant so there's another special label that we have to put on yeah, because I, I know you can't just mix because I'm looking at the map here. I printed a map of the Eden Project. So over here, they have the rainforest. They basically have an indoor rainforest. You go over here, it's the Mediterranean Mediterranean biome. They have really plants from all around the world. How do you let those coexist? And that that sounds like a major challenge. They have a million plants at this place. Yeah, and uh, you know that's I, I'm guessing that's why they keep them mostly grouped in those those large areas. Um, so that because the water is going to be one of the big pressures. You know, in a jungle, you're going to have a lot more water than you're going to have in the the Mediterranean. Um, and then I, I think maybe even they had a desert area, which is going to be a totally separate. You know, right? Um, but then even with those those large domes, you know. A lot of that stuff, I think, is just naturally rewatered because everything's kept in there for the most part. You know, a lot of that's natural, and I'd, I'd imagine so even over there in the U.K. where it's a little bit milder of a climate than, say, yeah. here. It looks like a major challenge. Architecturally, it was a challenge because uh, they're I, yeah. building on a – I can't imagine, you know. It's, uh, it's really a marvel. It's cool. It's a great rabbit hole to go down on YouTube. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and – there's not a lot of down. You know, how sometimes when we do our great moments in building history, there's like the upside and then there's sort of the dark history of, you know, the, all the negative of impacts of whatever it was. This one seems pretty positive. I mean, they have field trips. It's educational. You feel good when you go there. Seems well, like I'm, it's a win-win. To I'm going to do a quick throwback to our talk earlier about carpentry. Yeah. Of Because when you build places like this, and I'll even pick on your greenhouses, where your walkways are, where the handrails are, all of these things have a dramatic impact on the ergonomics and enjoyability of your area. If if the roadways at the nursery would have been two foot water, I, I just need two more feet. It would be, <laughs> it would be a game changer, truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Tara, you rolled your eyes a little bit. Are you? Do you hear that a lot? Or do you, Only no, from no. those guys. I don't. I don't. I usually walk the nursery. They usually drive the nursery. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're. Yeah, you need the wider road. It, it's a lot of stuff. And and don't forget, this gets millions of visitors a year. Yes. Which blows my mind. I mean, it's this is a that it's, that itself would be a challenge, and all all the, all the people coming through, touching things, and and maybe bringing stuff in on their from their garden that road on their sock, and you know, like. See that's what I wondered because I'm like okay you go to the you go to the rainforest biome and then you walk over to the Mediterranean there's got to be a lot of cross contamination that that happens so yeah, I, I just wonder it, it, it's it's a fascinating thing I wonder what uh, well that's where you get sneaky and you put in antimicrobial flooring 
so that you don't tell people that we're sanitizing your shoes, (laughs) but you are sanitizing their shoes. You do have antimicrobial floor mats. You steal from other industries because in the kitchen and food industry, we have a lot of antimicrobial products that apply very easily to walkways, transition areas, areas where the public is going to be coming in. And like you said, the public doesn't understand just how dirty they really are. <laughs> uh, because, well, especially when you get into agriculture, people wonder. People see the news and go, all right, why is everybody freaking out about some kind of fly? It's right. a bug. Why am I worried about this? Well, that's because that bug is going to eat all of your mangoes. Right. And you don't want the mango-eating bug loose in your, especially greenhouses, biomes, and that kind of stuff. And, and truthfully, the, typically the worst insects are ones that are, are very difficult to see. Yes. You know, the things I'm dealing with at the nursery are things like spider mites and thrips. And, and both, you you got to put them on a white sheet of piece of paper and hope that you can still see them. Yeah, it sounds like a real challenge, but it's going well. You said it opened in 2000, Alan, and it's still going strong. It's, it is. It's it's a really cool – they even have concerts there. It yes. It's great. It, it's definitely – if you're going to uh, Great Britain, it seems like a must-have. Go to go to Stonehenge, then head over <laughs> to the Eden Project and uh, check all of it out. It's really interesting. I would strongly encourage you to get on the uh, – Get on YouTube and, and go down that rabbit hole. It's a lot of fun. We barely scratch the surface because, you know. That's true. It, you know, but the uh, the architecture of it is fascinating. So, hey, uh, before we get out of here, I want to circle back and talk more about uh, Brussels Bonsai and uh, and what you're doing over there because you're going to be at a lot of events. You, did, we, did we mention the Japan Festival? No. So we will be at the Japan Fest November 5th, Sunday, November 5th, at the Memphis Botanic Garden. Now that play, yeah, and, no, that's and, always a, a great event. We've uh, we've been doing it with our our Memphis Bonsai Society. We also have a Bonsai Society here in Memphis. Um, we've been putting on a, a booth there for maybe the last four or five Japan since they restarted it, basically. Right. And uh, we we always have a, a lot of people come through the booth, and uh, we often have stuff that we're either giving away or selling. Sometimes uh, we have really nice show trees that'll be set up in in display style. Uh, I typically do one to two workshop demos during during right. the day. Um, so there's the, and the, plus all the other things that they have going on there. It's a, it's a really great event. I think the Botanic Gardens is another hidden treasure. It, it's easy to drive past there and not you know, but you, if you if you take the time to go through and, and check it out, it's it a is, really right, cool it place. It is really nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, you'll be so you'll have things for sale. Are you going to have things for sale at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention? We are. We're going to do have something for sale for both. Okay, cool. And like you said, they're priced all all over the place. But the the open house, it is called. Uh, it's your autumn autumn fest or what is it? Autumn festival. <laughs> autumn open house. Autumn open house. So you're not open on Saturdays. No, we're only open two Saturdays a year, and this is second one. So this is the last of the year that will be open. Wait, what date is that? Did we give the date? It is September the 23rd, next Saturday from 8 to 4. All right, so we know where Alan will be next Saturday. So, okay. It, it's a lot of fun. And and uh, for people that are just tuning in, give them, uh, once again, how do they get in touch? How do they visit? The location is 8125 Center Hill Road in Olive Branch. Or you can visit us online at brusselsbonesai.com. Okay. Or, or check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're... We're constantly posting stuff. We try to stay on top of that, putting out things we might be doing at the nursery or the things that might be new. Um, hey, I got a question for you. Um, 
do bonsais make good gifts? It's kind of like uh, giving. The way I'm wondering is, what is it like if you give somebody a, uh, you know, a the, puppy? It might the, be cute, but that is not a good gift to the, give. The is only thing I really try to uh, keep people from doing is getting them for a gift for someone that has passed away. Uh, because it's a living thing. You don't want to give somebody a living thing, and then they take care of it, and now they're looking at this don't, thing. Don't, that is, don't hand over a burden. Right, right. right. Do so. you ever get uh, girlfriends that give their boyfriend or uh, or husband wives that give their husband as a way to test whether they're capable of uh, nurturing a living? Yes, we've seen that. <laughs> I think they have a class on that. <laughs> yeah, if I you kill wonder. the tree, you might want to think about the puppy really hard. Yeah. Right? No, it's a good it's a good way to test the water. It's, it's just like having an animal uh, or a child. You know, there's there's daily care, especially in the summertime. Not so much in the wintertime, but uh, you know, summertime with the summers that we have around here, it, it's a lot to keep them going and keep them healthy. What is the most interesting shape, or what is the most interesting? I don't know what that you've ever seen anybody shape a bonsai into. Oh, like so uh, junipers make some of the best bonsai, especially ones that are collected. Um, America has some of the best juniper bonsai in the world. We are now there's people shipping them to other countries. Awesome. Well, hey, it's great having you here. We're looking forward to seeing you at the, uh, uh, at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy. Yeah, event. can't wait. Check out uh, Brussels Bonsai. But we got to get out of here, Alan. I we do. The music. This has been another action-packed episode of Dual Talk Radio. So on behalf of my buddy Alan Gilbreth, our pal Max over there behind the glass, Tara and Terry uh, at Brussels Bonsai, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Dual Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.